Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as a community of inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about positive mindset, positive life with the all-inspiring McKinney Smith. Now, if you've never connected with McKinney before, she is a mindset coach and Proctor Gallagher certified consultant, helping turn goals into accomplishments. She's the founder of Legacy Leavers Media, helping women entrepreneurs self-publish with the same tools and resources as traditional publishers without the need for their validation or approval. McKinney is also a four-time published author and host of the five-star rated A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, one of the top 1.5% most popular podcasts globally. By coaching women who are frustrated, confused, or isolated, she helps them find peace, clarity, and connection. Whether it's through conquering social media, publishing a book, or mastering a podcast, her passion is to help you find the confidence to turn your dreams into a reality. We love this woman. Please help us welcome McKinney Smith. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I am honored to be on any part of the Revolution Her platform. So thank you both. Oh, we're so excited to have you. And you have this calming influence. I am so excited about today's podcast. Mm -hmm. I love your posts on social media, your walks in nature. Oh, I'm so ready for this. (laughs) So ready. Well, and that's, you know, we chose this theme because we knew this would be perfect to chat with you. Um, So the idea of positive mindset, positive life, we're going to really just go out and start with a bang. Um, A little while back, we proudly featured you on a panel discussion about resiliency and something you said that day really stuck with us. You said pain isn't optional, but it, but suffering is pain isn't optional, but suffering is definitely Mm -hmm. hits Mm -hmm. quite a, a chord. We'd love to know if we can start by asking you what began your journey to finding a positive mindset throughout life's challenges and traumas. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. So I guess let's, let's start with the quote itself. I mean, life happens, right? We can't avoid pain. It's a part of life, but I think that our perspective of it and what we choose to do with it um, determines whether or not we suffer, you know, the pain comes and we can choose to sit in the pain and live in this low vibrational um, headspace of sorrow and, you know, victim mindset, or we can allow that to strengthen us. We can allow it to, um, you know, give us wisdom from the life lessons that come with it um, and use it to our benefit um, so that we don't have to suffer. So in terms of like, I guess where I decided to flip my mindset, I feel like that happened after a series of trauma in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of us have experienced 
you know, childhood traumas and relationship traumas and things like that. But it was like, I went through a divorce in 2009 and my sister, who was like my best friend passed away in 2012. And I was already struggling with being a single mom and a full-time entrepreneur and, you know, toxic relationships and digging up childhood wounds and all these things. And I could have um, allowed myself to suffer and stay in that headspace, but I wouldn't have lasted very long. I probably wouldn't be here today if I did. Um, And when I looked at, after my sister passed, all the messages from people that had reached out about how she had touched them. And it made me look at the positive qualities and attributes that I admired about her. And I thought to myself, well, regardless of what she was going through, she was still able to support someone else or make someone else feel loved or, um, you know, be of service or pray for someone. And I just started to emulate some of those qualities and realize the small changes in my life started to transform how I felt about life itself mm-hmm. and me being more intentional and purposeful in not just my actions, but also my thoughts shifted how I viewed the world. And, you know, it's not always rainbows and sunshine, (laughs) but (laughs) I have have learned that even in the storms, it, you know, it's just like the weather storm we had here the other day where, you know, it knocks out power and we're unable to have communication and trees are falling over and all these things happen. But at the same time, there are positive shifts that happen within that. So it's being able to take a step back and look at, regardless of what's going on, there's good in all things and there's bad in all things. And it's really about what we choose to take from it or how we choose to view it. Wow. I like that. And I like how um, it's not always rainbows and sunshine. And sometimes, <laughs> no, and and I, I guess it's it's changing that perspective in terms of the way that you look at things and or looking at it from a different perspective. It's it can be really hard. It can be really challenging. And actually, you know, you know there was there's this popular quote that says that um, if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're both right. both right. Yeah. So for someone to look looking to make those those small changes that you talked about the and drawing and um, turning them into strengths what are some of the things that people can do to or tips to change that mindset in small ways to make those first steps to help them yes. along the way um and I I do believe that a lot of the power is in the small steps I think sometimes we look at you know transformations and assume that we have to make these huge massive uh leaps all the time yeah. especially in my industry and personal development where a lot of coaches are teaching, you know, the toxic positivity and, you know, the expectation of these drastic changes that our brain actually can't compute for long periods of time. Um, So the small steps for me, it's um, one, taking a look at your life and looking at, let's say we're looking at one scenario in your life that you, um, don't like how it's going, that you don't like the present outcome, looking at that small scenario and writing it out in detail and looking at the, I'm going to say the non-productive things within that scenario that you can control, that you are actually doing, and then flipping it to what would be the, the productive action that you could take 
to change that. Hmm. It, it could right. be the, the smallest thing, <laughs> right? Um, and then when you start to do those things repeatedly, it's the compound interest of those things that cause that huge transformation. Like if we were to change one thing in our life every two weeks, so let's just say this week you choose to wake up 30 minutes earlier because you know, it's not working out in your favor to press snooze for 30 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. You wake up 30 minutes earlier every day for the next two weeks, and then that'll slowly become a habit. It, yeah. you know, it you go on autopilot. So that one small action, changing that non-productive action to a productive one can completely transform how the rest of your day turns out. You're no longer yeah. tired. You're no longer groggy. You're no longer, you know, th- running and trying to do things last minute and being flustered that can change your life. (laughs) So we don't look at the small things that we do that can make a huge difference. I love that. I love, I love how you mentioned that it's things you can control. That's one of my, my, one of my things this year is focusing on the things that you can control because there are so many things out of our, Mm -hmm. out of our control for that. Um, it's it's focusing on this on this on what I, lo- I love that I think that's really important sorry <laughs> no this is good, I'm no. here yeah <laughs> it's true though right so many of us kind of get lost in the fact when we don't have control I think a lot of women are very focused on you know organizing so many things in their life when they don't have control things go haywire so it, it's a really great point that you made and I'm curious actually because you know obviously we mentioned you have published four books and they, you know, are all incredible. We were really proud to feature A Walk of My Stilettos in our magazine as a a book review because it is such a powerful book. And I'm curious which, um, you know, some of these tips, do you want to share some of the tips you share in the book? And then also, because there's a lot of women listening who would love to (laughs) self-publish, what do you wish you knew before writing your books about (sighs) self-publishing? Oh boy. Okay. So, <laughs> um, okay. So in, in terms of my first book, um, I was really just wanting to share my story and the lessons that I learned, um, through my struggles and my hopes was to change the life of one woman and mm-hmm. thank God it's done way more than that. Um, but there's lessons in there for everyone, you know, whether you're a woman or not, because I've had many men that have given feedback that the book has helped them through their divorce or it helped them through grieving the loss of a loved one or what have you. So it's, it's almost like I, I took my life and I broke it into different chapters and said, well, here's what I learned from a toxic relationship, or here's what I learned from losing a loved one, or here's what I learned from, um, you know, becoming a single parent, or here's what I learned from, you know, becoming an entrepreneur. So each chapter, there's different lessons to help someone get through their adversity. <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, in terms of self-publishing, what, did I, what do I wish that I knew beforehand? So interesting enough, my first publishing deal was with a big name publisher, which I will, I, I will not name. And um, in signing that contract, I didn't know any better. I just agreed because I also had a friend that was publishing with them and ended my due diligence. And after submitting my first draft, I quickly realized that I do not want to align with this brand. Mm-hmm. Um, the Let's just say as much tragedy that was in my story and the positivity of the lessons that were within it, 
after the first edit came back, um, the advice that I got was, yeah, you've had a rough life, but so what? <laughs> wow. And that I could have let that devastate me and could have let that say, you know what? My book is not good enough. My story is not good enough. I'm just not going to go through with this. But I realized at that time that I was not aligned with the right person to put my story out there. And I decided to breach my contract and lost thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> and wow. um, I signed with another small um, publishing company. I, I guess they call them like a hybrid um, publishing company. And after my book launch, realized that I did not want to be aligned <laughs> with that company. Oh, wow. And um, in order for me to get out of that contract, I was advised to basically alter a book. So I, I mean, like alter the book. So I wrote a completely new chapter to add to the book and I changed the cover, which legally that makes it a completely different book. Okay. So I had to learn the self-publishing route because I had two negative experiences with uh, publishers. And in learning that route, I realized there is so much about the publishing world that people don't know. Um, one, it is a lot easier to publish than people assume. And there's a huge population out there, people that want to publish a book, but they feel overwhelmed by the information that's on the internet and all of the, you know, companies that are out there, um, quote unquote, I'm gonna say, taking advantage of people who don't know any better. Yeah. And in learning the process, it was, yes, frustrating, but at the same time, it allowed me the wisdom and the tools to be able to help others. So for years, I was behind the scenes just helping other people publish their books without making a business out of it. Wow. And I eventually partnered with a celebrity ghostwriter who had other editors and um, authors that needed my help. And she was like, you need to be charging people for this. Yeah. <laughs> so I started charging people. And it, again, still didn't want to make it a business because I thought I just want to help. <laughs> but um, I realized last year, especially throughout the pandemic, with the amount of people that were coming to me for advice about self-publishing, that I could be that brand that helped people to publish their books, um, I'm going to say ethically, um, and also in a way that they still maintain full control and they were happy with what they put out into the world, especially if it involved their story. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes when you're telling your story, that's something that's intimate and important to you and you don't want someone who's in a place of power and wants control to alter how your story is put out there, how it's told and change mm -hmm. your narrative. So it's important for me to allow women to maintain that ownership. So even though they're self-publishing and I'm guiding them, they still own everything. It's, it's all theirs. I don't take anything after that. It's just helping them through the process. Yeah. I didn't realize how much of how much of an aspiration it was for so many people to to write a book like it's yeah. there's a lot of people out there and there are so many incredible stories from you know from women and and men and everybody in between that it, there's there's so many great stories out there that need to be told and um Absolutely. Self publishing a book is, is a great way. <laughs> I love that you're sure. helping people do yeah. that. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is so overwhelming, even just the process of writing the book. Like, do you offer them advice in terms of how to actually get started, or do they come to you when they've written the book? Like, where, so, where uh, do they 
Where does that process begin? (laughs) Once I decided to um, launch um, Legacy Livers Media in January, well, January is when it actually launched. So the process started beforehand, but um, I do now have a whole team that can help from start to finish. So typically people used to come to me once the book was written, but by that point, they've started their research on, you know, what they want to do for next steps. So to give them the guidance that they need in terms of even writing the book and making sure that it's written um, from a viewpoint where it's for the reader, because some people are writing just, you know, for themselves, um, to make it, um, easier for, for the reader to read. Um, we have, um, book coaches, writing coaches on the team. We have editors on the team, um, whoever they need. So I always advise them to do a complimentary discovery call at any point in the process so that I can give them next steps before they even start working with us. So they know where to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to say it here just because I always say, yeah, I probably should do my book. I should write a book one day. So I'm just going to say it on this podcast. So by the time we get on here. (laughs) So here's how I'm going to hold you accountable now, Maria. (laughs) Okay. As your friend. Yes. Um, So my advice to you is the same way that you're doing this podcast. You can just uh, plan out how you want, you know, your book to be or each chapter, what you want to talk about. Go to something like um, Google Google Docs and use the voice function. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can basically record each chapter uh, audio and then have it transcribed. Okay. You just gave everybody listening <laughs> <laughs> like an amazing starter pack to writing your book. That was amazing. Yeah. Look at that bonus material. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See? I Love got it. You. You're you got awesome. me thinking now, what could I write one about? I don't really want to write a book. Um, Yeah. Now you're also a mom to three great teens as well. And those teenagers could be really hard on some kids (laughs) as they're discovering who they are. What advice do you have that you can help, uh, that we can help kids to develop their mindset and how as an adult we can guide them? Yes. So my children um, are giant adults. Um, they're all bigger than me. I know it's going to say that. They're all taller than you in all the pictures. They're all bigger than me. My my youngest is 16. um, And my middle child is turning 21. And my eldest is 24. You look so amazing. (laughs) I know nobody can see right now, but thank you. Bikini's Instagram. Like she looks incredible and she has three teenagers oh my gosh <laughs> we're, just, we're just we're just entering that landscape our sons are both going to be 16 this year mm-hmm. and, and already uh, I feel like I've aged you. about 10 years <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. not listening they don't know they know they know <laughs> um yeah it's definitely interesting um three complete different personalities in this household Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if there's any advice that I can give for a parent is, um, to understand that your, your children are not you, they're not an extension of you. Absolutely. I mean, yes, they may have your qualities amplified, you know, <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in each of your children. Um, but I don't try to, um, 
live my life through my kids. I realize that they are three individual people with three individual personalities and I allow them to be who they are. I think a lot of parents try to, whether it's out of fear or protection or control or whatever it is, they try to, I think I'm trying to use a softer word here, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they, they basically try to control their children yeah and we can barely control ourselves so why do we feel that we can control other human beings they were brought onto this earth with their own purpose so I allow my kids to authentically be who they are and I know that there's a lot of parents that may not agree with my parenting style but having a coaching business where I deal with a lot of women that are now over the age of 35 that are struggling because they were for the majority of their life doing what their parents wanted them to do. And they don't know how to do what they want to do and to truly be happy. Um, Instead of having to reverse that later on in life. Yeah. uh, I do that now and I honor their authentic selves. So it's so hard. I, I see my, it's, Oh, sorry, I'm just going to share my own experiences. If that's Go ahead. <laughs> but I see my um, my daughter and in, in terms of her mindset, and it's I guess it's just taught in the schools. I didn't have this growing up in the schools, but she's so positive and so uh, like she has a great mindset. I, I'm really proud of 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 that, and I think a lot of it, you know, has come from us, but also a lot of work in the schools, talking about how strong she is, mm-hmm. how you you know, putting together vision boards and things like that. It's it's great. I, I, I sometimes my son, I worry that he doesn't see his full potential. I don't know, like I, as parent, like how do you how do you support them? It's that. So. What I without had, being too controlling, sorry to jump over you. But yeah, no, go ahead. Um, what I've done with my children is I see a huge amount of creativity in each one of them, although they're very different. So, whatever they're interested in, I try to feed that, I try yeah. to encourage that and allow them. And then, if they decide, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, which happens often, um, then at least they've tried something. So them being able to explore gives them more options in terms of what they may want to do later, instead of them assuming that they're not good at something or that, you know, they don't like something because they haven't tried it. Like my eldest, I remember strongly not wanting her to become a tattoo artist because I used to see my tattoo artist ride his bike into work. So I just assumed he didn't make much money. It's just, you know, he had a substance abuse problem. So his money went that way. But my daughter, when she started to show me her real interest in the tattooing world, it started with her just drawing pictures for other tattoo artists to put on people. Yeah. And when she started seeing her art permanently on people's skin, she got really excited. And I was actually in Paris when she started her apprenticeship at a tattoo shop. And I came back and she's like, I got an apprenticeship at a tattoo shop. <laughs> and at first I was not pleased, but then I realized, you know what, I, for everything else that she's been interested in, I've helped feed that. So, um, you know, now she's the head tattoo artist in the shop and, you know, there's people flying in from other places in the world to have yeah. her tattoo them. And it's just allowing them to be who they are. Like we can, we can give them the tools, we can give them the encouragement, but we can't control them. Yeah. 
it goes back to what you can control, doesn't it? What yeah. are the things that you can control? It yeah. all comes back to that. It does. Yeah. Yes. We may have to change the title for today. Positive <laughs> mindset, positive life. P.S. No controlling. <laughs> Love it. No, you can it's call so it how to let go of control. There you right? go. Yeah. Yeah, that's much easier. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, somehow we're close to wrapping things up, which is just bizarre to me because we could have probably stayed on here oh, for hours with gosh. you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about your podcast. Okay. We talked, we mentioned it a bit in your bio, a walk in my stilettos. Mm-hmm. You are my friend in the top 1.5% most popular podcast globally. We're just going to take a second and congratulate you because yeah, thank this you. Is, this is hard work. Like I got to say, yeah, it is. <laughs> we're new. This is hard. work. We love it, but it's, it's not. Yeah. It's a labor of love. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So anyone who's listening, please go check out McKinney's podcast. You can find it on all the regular channels, A Walk in My Stilettos. Obviously we're huge fans. So we'd love to know why a podcast for you? Because you've gone the author route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've kind of done so many great mediums, but what is it about the podcast? How did that whole journey start for you? So interesting enough, um, a lot of people that had read my book and uh, read my story had reached out after I wrote the book. And I started to realize how important our stories were and realizing the similarities where it was like my DMs, even if it's a simple post on Instagram, my DMs get flooded with other women that can relate to exactly what I posted. So I could talk about an autoimmune, or I could talk about a toxic relationship. I could talk about my anxiety and my DMs get flooded with other women that I could totally relate and they want to share their story. Mm -hmm. So I realized that our stories are, you know, way more um, alike than they are different. And my community kept asking me for a YouTube channel. And a lot of people don't know this unless they really pay attention when I talk about it, but I'm extremely introverted. I am like, severely shy. And, um, I was like, I don't want to be on video regularly. I don't, I can't handle that. My anxiety would go through the roof. Like I haven't, like I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder and everything. So I was like, um, so (laughs) I thought if I do a podcast, I could have other women share their stories. I wouldn't be on video. I would be doing less talking because I'm focused on them. And that was where it started. That's where the idea started. And the show took on a life of its own after the first few episodes. And amazing. It just, the feedback, every time I get feedback, I get emotional because we are very much more alike than we are different. And the more that I see the show ranking in certain countries, I'm like, how the heck did they even find the show? But realizing as women, our stories are so much yeah. the same. Yeah. So, it, you know, I, after two years of doing the podcast, I thought, you know what, I'm tired. I don't know who's really listening. I wasn't really paying attention to my stats at the time. And I took a break. And before I started re-recording, I thought, do, is this like, is this worth it? Do people mm-hmm. really want this? Am I making an impact with this? Does this matter? And when I started doing the research, that's when I discovered at that time that I was in the top 2%. And I thought, how, how is that possible? And um, at the time, I think the numbers were there was just over 2 million active podcasts. We're now at 2.8 million plus uh, active podcasts globally out there. So for me, for someone who is extremely introverted and shy and doesn't come out of her house much um, (laughs) to be in the top 1.5% globally blows my mind. 
It's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> but it I have is. to say, it's a testament to how you run your ship because yeah. Grace and I were, were talking to McKinney off air just before we pressed record here. Uh, but really, truly, you inspired us to to take this up again and try this. We had tried it nine years ago before it was even cool and um, just couldn't be consistent. And there, you know, you, I was honored to be on your podcast. And I remember calling Grace right away and I was like, oh my gosh, he is so organized. And so I could have talked about stuff that I've not told anybody. You just got me so comfortable. And um, it is a true testament to what you do. And yeah. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. So congrats. I, yeah. Thank yeah. You. you have a great format. We we are big fans. So um, well done. Congratulations. Thank you so yeah. much, ladies. I, yeah. I'm obsessed with Jay Shetty's podcast on purpose. Yes. And he studies a lot of spirituality and, and science and, you know, talks a lot about um, just mindfulness and yeah. I'm so obsessed with it and the mind and <laughs> I, I'm very influenced by Jay Shetty. So I can't take all the credit. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll check out Jay Shetty, but we're, we're here for you. So yeah, <laughs> we'll always be cheering you on. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I appreciate oh. that. Likewise. I know. Like, like Maria said, there, there really is like, it's so easy to talk to you. And I guess that's why your guests are, uh, you know, your podcast is so popular in terms of you have this ease about you and you make people feel at ease around you. Now, what is next for you? Wow. What is next? Um, so I was supposed to have two books come out this year, both um, collaborations. Um, wow. And both projects were paused. And I at first I thought that was like, I'm going to say a bad thing, but I actually recently spoke on a, a panel about procrastination and they asked me about positive procrastination. And I think there's sometimes um, things that are labeled as procrastination that are actually us prioritizing or taking a step back so that we can, I guess, add new ideas and make things even better than mm. we planned. So both books are still coming out. <laughs> Love it. Um, and one of them is a partnership with another Proctor Gallagher consultant. She was one of Bob's top 1% consultants. And um, her and I have partnered for a few things. And I'm excited for that book to come out. And I want to say who the forward is going to be written by, but I don't want to uh, overexcite uh, myself. Okay, <laughs> we'll just wait and be super excited yeah. when we see it. Yeah, so um, I'm excited for, the, for that to happen. Um, I have an adult coloring book coming out. Um, nice. I had to switch illustrators, which is why that was procrastinated, uh, I guess, pushed back. But mm-hmm. um, just being able to pro- provide more tools for, you know, women to walk in their greatness. That's yeah. amazing. Well, and right now you can find Makini in our magazine. So our latest issue with Mina Harris, um, we've got a, a wonderful piece on Makini. You give such great advice in that. Um, so you. we're really really excited to feature you in there. Thank you. Okay. So this is our fun part. We've, we've dived into all the really deep stuff and there are a couple deep questions here, but really this is to close off. Um, we just have a couple of fun questions for you. You can go as long or as short as you want. Um, and my first question for you is who, what would your theme song be? What would my theme song be? Um, Anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with her, the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in my head, the song that I, 
play on repeat for like the last how many months is her song Damaged. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so writing that down. That my theme song. <laughs> I got to check that one out too. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Next one. What does self-care look like for you? Ooh, um, I am totally team self-care. And um, I think the pandemic has allowed me to implement a very strong self-care routine and I break it down into mind, body, and soul. So uh, yeah, because I I feel like sometimes we focus on one area and not another focus on spirituality and not our physical health. And, you know, so um, with the mind, body, and soul, my daily self-care routine. So for the mind, I make sure that I read every single day, whether it be 10 pages a day or 20 minutes a day, I read. And thankfully, because of that routine, I think I read 21 books last year. And yeah, before then, I couldn't even read one book a year. So (laughs) Um, and then I love to listen to soothing music that makes me feel good. Um, You know, it sets the mood. So hence her, all of her Mm -hmm. music is just soothing. Um, Also for the mind, spending time alone to eliminate distractions. Uh, I guess as an introvert, I already naturally need time alone. Um, but being able to eliminate all the outside distractions of other people's opinions or thoughts or ideas um, helps clear my mind. Um, for the body, I'm always sipping on fluids throughout the day, uh, whether it be my water, my smoothies. I make sure that we try to get in at least one gallon of water a day. Nice. And um, I am no longer, you know, that person as an entrepreneur that works 24 seven. So I need my seven to eight hours of sleep at night. My Fitbit says, if I don't get seven hours and 20 minutes, I'm not a nice person. (laughs) I can't function if I don't sleep anymore. Like it it now dictates my life. Like (laughs) sleep is my number one priority. It's essential. Yeah. Yeah, It's essential. Like I don't care who says you can sleep when you die or you only need a couple hours. No, (laughs) I personally need seven to eight hours of sleep at night. Me too. Uh, like, and if I don't, I'm just me a too. blubbering mess. At some <laughs> I'll burst into I'm tears any moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also, for, for the body, I need to stay physically active. So a couple of years ago, at the beginning of the pandemic, someone got me a Fitbit um, for my birthday. So I do like six to 10,000 steps a day minimum, but just staying active, any form yeah. of activity. So they say um, healthy motion equals healthy emotion. So oh, um, I like that. Healthy yeah, so emotion equals healthy, healthy emotion. Emotion like that. Yeah. Our emotions are energy in motion. So oh. um, being physically active also helps me to not stay depressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> for the soul, prayer, meditation. Um, you know, prayer is my conversation, me talking to God. Meditation is me being still and listening. Um, and then gratitude and affirmations, which is why I have my gratitude and affirmations books. Mm -hmm. And then um, having a community of healthy connections that feeds my soul that allows me to feel like I'm seen, heard and understood. Yeah, I love it. And I think you're so right when at the beginning of this, you were talking about how the pandemic has, I think it's made a lot of us go back and look and evaluate how important it is to make sure that we have self-care in in our schedules so um and those are all manageable things you know what you just mentioned those are you're not breaking the bank you're not you know spending thousands of dollars at a spa those are all things that we can work on yeah Um, thank you for sharing 
And it's mindset too. It's funny actually, because we we got a dog. Well, we've had our dog for a while now, but I remember after the first like six months having to take it out constantly, I was like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I don't have time to, why is it always me that's going to want this dog? <laughs> I was pulling my hair out and always complaining. And, I, you know, someone said to me, but let, look, this is your time away from everybody else in nature. And since then, like perspective mindset, I'm like, my gosh, this is now my my time you're moving you're out you're getting fresh air you're getting vitamin d being out in the sun you're in nature you're love it now so good yeah all right my turn sorry (laughs) that was a long answer (laughs) (laughs) okay where is your favorite place in the world to be right now I'm going to see on a nature walk with my partner. I like that. Yeah. Um, He knows how important my nature walks are to me and being physically active. And, you know, he enjoys walking too. He just didn't realize that walking in nature is so much better. (laughs) I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do too. I love that. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My question, what is your guilty pleasure? (laughs) my guilty pleasure so I'm going to say I have a really strong sweet tooth and um, I think in the last few years you know as we get older especially after you hit 40 your body changes and um, you know I realize I can no longer have gluten or dairy or any of those things but my guilty pleasure is having desserts with ice cream on top (laughs) (laughs) that's allowed we all need that like you know it could be a funnel cake with ice cream it could be (sighs) crepe with ice cream it could be (laughs) awful with ice cream I don't know but I it's my guilty pleasure at least once a month (laughs) I love it oh my gosh I think and it's so funny sometimes we ask that question sweet or salty and I mean I like my salty stuff too but I'm hundred percent on that sweet train. Like yeah. I actually have chocolate sitting here waiting for me after we're done. <laughs> I literally it. pulled it out. <laughs> All right. Here's your last one. What is your word of the year? Peace. Oh, we all yeah. need that. My word of the year is peace. Um, last year it was resilience. This year it is peace. My priority is peace. I will not do anything that jeopardizes my peace. I don't care if it's speaking to a family member, taking on a client. I'm not doing it. Um, Peace is my priority right now. I think, you know, culturally, we've been conditioned to go after, you know, accolades and approval and awards and success and all these things. And naturally, I think that I value more, um, freedom and love and connection and peace. And I think that this year, as I've been on my healing journey and prioritizing my self-care and setting healthy boundaries, that you cannot buy the level of peace (laughs) that I I get to experience sometimes. So um, peace is my word. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. What a way to close. Thank (laughs) you so much. Honestly, this was such a wonderful conversation. You are, 
people just need to be like in your circle. Like you just need to be around McKinney because you know, you give and you also are just, just so wonderful. You are. And you have such an amazing energy, a calming energy. I know I keep mentioning it. It might be the self-care routine. (laughs) Yeah. See, we're going to have to start doing that. Yeah, it's it's so important. And I think it's it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of that you're not ambitious or it's just balance, isn't it? And giving yeah. yourself that space to grow and dream and move mm-hmm. on and accom- accomplish so much more rather yeah. than go, 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 go. Oh, love it. We all get to that age where it's like, really, guys? No, we're good. We you're you're at the age I think we're all at the age now where it's like we know what we need yeah Yeah. it's time we start vocalizing and if people aren't going to help us with what we need we we have a responsibility to do it ourselves so I love that you uh you shared so many great tips for us to make sure we do that so we will do that you're doing it and everyone listening will hopefully do it um you know if you've been listening and you've been inspired by McKinney's words, her tips here today, obviously go follow her on social. We'll make sure your handles are everywhere for people to find, go find her at a walk in my stilettos and the real McKinney Smith. And honestly, please share as much as you can feel free to rate us. Um, you know, our goal here with revolution, her is to support as many women as we can. And McKinney is one of those women that continues to inspire us. So please feel free to share this. And until next time, we can't wait to have you back here to have more meaningful conversations with women that we admire. Thank you so much, Makini. We love you. Thank you. Thank you both. Oh, it's (laughs) lovely to have you. Talk soon, everyone. Bye. Bye.